Welcome to The Glint View. We'll be talking about innovative technologies that address climate change and also the fast-growing business side of the carbon economy. We're taking a close look at how companies, communities, and consumers can take advantage of these new opportunities, including profiting from their carbon emissions data. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to The Glint View. My name is Sia, and I'm here joined by Martha Amram, the CEO, and Jin Hua, the CRO. Today, we're going to talk about carbon emission and data. Where is it? What is it? And why should we care? So very excited to discuss how we can look at Glint's view and perspectives tying in carbon emission, emissions, because it's so important to our world today. And how does it tie back to us as individuals? So Martha and Chin, welcome to the Glint view. Thanks for having us. Oh, thank you. So can I ask you, can we just jump right into this? Give us a perspective on Glint from a higher perspective as we dive in. What is carbon emission and what's that data? How are you guys defining this? So the rest of our conversation will be much more understood. Absolutely. I'll, I'll let Martha answer that question. Oh, sure. So thanks for having us. And carbon emissions is, you know, we think about pollution and it's just one way, one of the ways you can measure it. Every place a property has an emissions and you can count it up and say so many tons per property. Now you can also find emissions in two other ways, which is if I'm making oil and gas, a barrel of oil is delivered to the oil refinery. So I'm using energy to break that barrel open and turn it into jet fuel and so on. That's a one, a second kind of emissions. And a third kind of emissions is, hey, I'm a car manufacturer. I bought these tires to put on the car and the tires took a lot of energy and emissions to make. And so you're buying emissions when you're buying your supply chain. So there's three kinds of emissions and we're going to be focusing today on the one that comes to you from the property, which is, hey, I'm using electricity, I'm using natural gas. And that's obviously going to be in our places of work and our homes. Oh, wow. So this is going to be pretty exciting. So I guess, could you help me understand then, you know, what are businesses doing to meet these ESG requirements? And why is tracking carbon emissions so important? Well, uh, see, as you know, and probably all the listeners know, next week in Glasgow, there's a whole climate conference, you know, COP26, and it's about reducing emissions. So emissions have taken the spotlight, but the world frameworks aren't regulations. They're sometimes voluntary and sometimes, you know, spot level regulations. So the world of emissions now is actually ironically driven by real people, consumers, and they want green brands and they want to trade green stocks. And that's driving everything. Yeah. So what we're also seeing in the marketplace is that the consumers like you and I are demanding change and, and basically making a lot of these businesses and corporations accountable for their emissions. And so with these ESG requirements, environmental social governance requirements, what we're seeing is that companies and, 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 and regulatory requirements, even the, the private sector and public sectors are trying to determine what's the right way to go about this. How do they count the, the different types of carbon units as they're producing products and goods for you as, as I as consumer. So the question that we're trying to address here and the value that we bring is that, yes, it's great to plant trees to quote unquote save the planet, but what can we do today to really change the value systems of the consumers and how that consumer is ensured that they, what, that the companies public or private sector aligns with those values. And that's what's happening as we speak today. And, and it's very exciting because 
this enables many of our consumers and uh, commercial uh, customers to start to look at monetizing some of these aspects of their businesses that have never been monetized before. So making money from these emissions, basically. Wow. So this is really interesting to me because when you look at these, like un- the uniqueness of these emissions data that you guys are collecting, why is it so difficult to solve? Because you're collecting the data. Wouldn't you assume that you've got the data needed to fix that problem? <laughs> that is the number one most common assumption, and it is totally a myth. So let's say you were looking at buildings are 40% of U.S. emissions, and you were looking at a map of New York City, and it said, oh, there's all these emissions per street address. That's typically an estimate not supported by real data. And what is that real data? And that's why the full name of Glint is glint.ai because the real data comes from utility bills, like your electricity bill, your natural gas bill, maybe you had a heating oil drop off, maybe you have steam tunnels. How do you take that data and turn it into emissions? And unfortunately that data is a utility bill that comes to you as a PDF or frankly, as a piece of paper. 40% of bills in the United States are paper bills. So you have to first turn them into a PDF and then you have to unlock and liberate the data in the PDF. And so it takes AI and that's why we're Glint AI. Get the bills, liberate the data, untangle utility jargon. Most of us hate utility bills because it's full, full of regulatory jargon and then untangle that and turn it into clean, easy to use emissions data by property. That's what Glint does. But that's why AI is in our name, because AI is at the core, transforming those PDFs into the consumable data. Yeah. And one of the things I did like to add to, add to that is that the value to the end consumer and the commercial consumer themselves is the fact that it's really hard to do this. Uh, you would have to hire a bunch of data scientists. You have to, to hire a bunch of programmers to align all this data and then really to define it to a sense to where it makes sense at all. And so what we here at Glenn has been able to do is find that metric uh, secret sauce to take all this data from all these disparate systems, whether paper, whether online, whether it's in a PDF, and correlate all that data to be able to provide a single number for the CFO to make a decision off of. That is a tremendous volume of work and expertise that comes to doing that. And, you know, just to follow up on something Chin said, why now? Why is this important now? Because we did mention the consumers are driving green brands and green stock selection, and that's pulling this issue up to the CFO. So when the director of sustainability or the director of energy or facility says, oh, dear, I've got to do emissions now, they have a twofold problem, which is the hard problem to solve and the enormous visibility this has. And that's what's changed the market. It is now a top level C-suite thing, like number one, two or three on 2021 and 2022 priorities. So, I mean, this, it does sound much more complex than what you initially said, which I thought had high hopes to make it simple, like, a, <laughs> you know, an easy button, you know? So, okay, knowing that it is complex, how have others tried to solve these problems? I mean, there's got to be some pros and cons to different approaches, oh, correct? Absolutely. There's all kinds of different approaches. Uh, I, I would say that naturally the approach has been to offer more technology, putting IoT sensors on top of a building putting all these very complex infrastructure in place that actually takes more quote unquote CO2 to produce to start tracking these different things. We here at Glenn, we took a very pragmatic approach and said, you know, what's the common underlying process amongst all these buildings, facilities, public private sector areas is the utility bill. It already exists. So one of these things that what we've been able to do is the fact that we've, that's that common denominator and actually lowers 
the cost to be able to track all your emissions using our approach versus heavy dollar investment, technical expertise. And then at the end of the day, you still don't know what you consume and you still don't have a way to go back and quote, unquote, audit the data back to a financial instrument. That's what's so unique about this approach compared to all the other approaches. You know, and when we've been going out and talking with sustainability directors, you know, these are really uh, well-meaning people. They typically have master's degrees, they're really educated, and they got to deal with this utility bill problem. Well, frankly, amazing number of them are typing in data because there has been a lack of automated processes and they don't know where to turn. So they look at the utility bills on one on the left and they type it into the screen on the right. That literally that simple, it goes into a spreadsheet. And one sustainability director told us, I hate that job so much. I do it half an hour a day. It's like toxic waste, I gotta do it. And that's how she gets the job done by the end of the month, every single month. There's just no way and no reason that we can solve climate change on the back of manual data entry like this. So that's what Glint is doing, which is to say to that sustainability director, well, drop your bills into Glint, we'll give you the spreadsheet back, and then you can take that spreadsheet everywhere. And so we're using AI to create spreadsheets because spreadsheets walk corporations. Yeah, and I'm going to add to that as well. Spreadsheets, as much as we love them or hate them, they, they've been around forever. And that is the core piece component to be able to get to the data they want. What we're suggesting here at Glenn is that, hey, you give us your utility bills, all the different things that your business consume. We provide the data in an in a easy to use port format, such as a spreadsheet, a JSON file, or, or even an API data extraction directly into your system. So we have multiple ways we can share this data with you. But at the end of the day, you're going to get this nice emissions coefficient number that then can be published on your 10K which means that you have complete visibility into your emissions, therefore getting access to more monetary instruments beyond what you already have today. Oh, that's so exciting because, I mean, just to have that information readily available that you can post for a 10K for a company. So, okay, this is great information, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, this is wonderful, but what Mm -hmm. if, or what is the business impact of getting emissions data wrong though. And that's where the, I'm a little concerned with AI and, and compiling all that data. So help me understand how you, you know, what the impact would be if it's, if it's wrong. Yeah. Well, that's actually a really informed question. Good job. <laughs> and the reason um, I love that question is if you go to look at Wall Street analysts and talk with them and like um, Morningstar, which is, you know, a lot of consumers use Morningstar to rank stocks and they have a sub- subsidiary called Sustainalytics that screens companies. And let's say you're an analyst at Sustainalytics. How do you know if company A versus company B has the right emissions data or the wrong? And then just look at company A year after year. What the heck? Their numbers are flying around. The number one gripe from all these analysts is they have to dig way deep into the whole data flows and figure this out and try to normalize and rationalize. And they're crying out for standards and uh, materiality. Show me what's important. And so that's why today Glint has built an auditable, verifiable system so that you can compare year over year and across places in a rigorous method. And then back to your point about what's the cost of getting this wrong, could be 3% on your stock return. It could be a quarter of a point on your green bond, because these are the ways, as Chin's been saying, you can monetize. Well, that's not abstract. $1.6 trillion in the economy today, assets under management already reports emissions data. So getting it right separates you from the 
greenwashing to the real and will definitely give you a monetary boost, whether it's debt financing or equity. Yeah, and, and to add on top of that, a lot of the uh, Accenture's, PwC, uh, Deloitte's, these large global consulting audit firms are actually hiring ESG practitioners. In essence, there's been a recent article saying that the ESG governance program will be much bigger than the Sarbanes-Oxley or what happened back in the early days uh, of the late 80s and 90s. And so what we're seeing in the market space today is the fact that it's about trusting the data, but it's also about knowing how to audit the data. And even today, the most recent report I'm reading through here uh, from the SEC is that just trying to get people in the room to understand what the compliance issues are, the regulatory requirements, and getting them to agree is even difficult. So what we're seeing is that Glenn has positioned ourselves to be on the edge to where the regulatory requirements when they finalize what those things are, we will be ready with our technology to support that, regardless if it changes a little bit or it changes a lot. That's a benefit to our customers So, in, a, in the flexibility of our platform. Okay, so the platform itself sounds intriguing to me because we hear about artificial intelligence, we've heard about machine learning, but I need, if you can clarify a little bit more for me, how does it actually fit into this problem? Because I believe there's pros and cons for different types of artificial intelligence and machine learning. Could you clarify that and expand a little bit more for me, please? Yeah, and that's a good question, too. So we worry about bias. We worry about ethics of AI. We worry about transparency. And so Glint is a very narrow machine learning system, but very powerful. And what we can do is take data off of documents with super high accuracy. And we've published reports. It's above 98%. So we're doing that by taking a few documents of any type and then learning from them and then predicting the answers of this data item is last name, this data item is first name. And that's how our machine learning works. So if I took a Comcast bill, for example, I only need five Comcast bills. And then it will, our AI is trained to read Comcast bills. And uh, that's why you need AI, because people can't do that volume of data reading, and they can't be that accurate. Unfortunately, keystrokes and people and accuracy, those three words just don't go together. So AI is the unlocking here that enables this whole system. And then I'll also add on top of that is that once we extract the data off these documents, the beauty of this is the fact that if you're a customer and you have TU Electric, and there's another customer that's using a similar format, there's very little training that's required. So you're building on top of what's capable already. So the faster time to value is getting the data off that document to calculate your ESG carbon emissions coefficients. Then that's just a matter of understanding where the data came from, how it got there. So there's this whole data linkage going back to that specific document. And that doesn't, that never disappears. So 10 years from now, when you get an audit from Accenture to understand where these dollars and cents came from inside your green bonds, it's always there. I was just going to say when, you know, 99% of the rest of the market is using manual data entry, you, you can see you don't get tracked back. You get a lot of human judgment and a lot of persistent errors. So this is really quite different to make an end-to-end automated solution. So this is great because knowing that there's bias and we know that there's going to be bias inherently. Mm-hmm. So can you can you expand a little bit more? How does Glint vision fit in addressing this specifically? Because I think you're giving me a good idea of, you know, artificial intelligence, machine learning does. But what's mm-hmm. Glint's vision for it specifically? 
So bias actually is not a big issue in the world of energy data or water data, and that's where we're playing. Bias comes around in AI largely because um, the algorithm kind of tilts in the wrong way, not in the true north direction, or the underlying data has some evidence of, let's say, racial disparities or income disparities, and AI can only learn from what it's trained on. So you're perpetuating those disparities as it relearns what we've done in the past. Now, energy bills have um, your name, your address, and your you know, usage and how much you spend. So there's, it's just not a, a locus of data or a source of data that it's intrinsically biased. The second part is Glint actually takes every data item, transforms it into a predicted data. You can see it, you can use it, you can consume it, and you can track back. So that complete transparency enables everyone to see that there's no tilt to our algorithms. We're just dead on. We told you you got the data. You can go check it yourself. And so between data and algos, we're pretty good in this space. I would also add that part of our vision here is, yes, it's documents to data, but really it's more uh, documents to dollars. If we start to look at the future of where this is really headed, is that the data piece is just the enabler to get to the ultimate goal, which is facilitating monetizing data that has been never been monetized before. So if we start to think about the future vision of going further down the line, 10, you know, five to 10 years from now, we have the ability to basically allow and enable everyone to digitize their data and monetize it. So you as a podcast specialist, see, uh, unlike how YouTube is now today, where you have to have 10 million views before you get paid, what if we were able to digitize that data and decentralize and democratize that capability to monetize every single time you broadcast a podcast? We have that ability now, where now you're streaming value, monetary value to the actual in-person who's producing that data. And that's that to me is probably the ultimate vision where Glenn can start to head. And I'm just going to disagree with Jen. I'm not waiting five years. I don't have much <laughs> patience for this because, you know, we have many, many digital systems where big tech scoops up your data and it goes places. And we are not really sure those articles about that are very frightening. Well, let's do climate change from the beginning. Let's open up the data and let's keep it tight to the originator. They can permission it step by step. And so I'm looking forward to this data to dollar step, actually having big impacts on our low income communities. Yep. They can do it house by house, or they can take advantage of it at the community level by offering up, hey, there's 4,000 homes in this you know, census district or in this county that are ready to go. Here's all their data. Because that lack of data is holding up like solar sales, who needs better heating and so on. No one knows what's in that house. Let's get the data to the front and let's get the originator getting paid to yep. take a peek. Absolutely. Oh, well, okay. Now you're really music to my ears here and sold chin. Thank you on the podcast throw, throw back there. So, okay, Martha, you really bring up the community aspect of it. And this is really good because in a practical way, what we're really looking at, can you help me understand why is the utility bill the key to getting a better, better handle on carbon emissions? Again, in a practical way that someone like me can <laughs> explain to my mom. 
Yeah, no. And so we're, Glint is doing a program in Modesto, California, that's funded by a, a grant from the state of California. And Modesto has a strong Latino community. It's a little bit more skewed to the low income side of California. But, you know, frankly, when we compared Modesto to the rest of America, it's pretty mid-America. <laughs> and in Modesto, people are paying $300 a month in the summer for air conditioning because it's so hot more than, you know, 90 days of above 95 degree weather. And so with those kind of bills, anything you can do to surface the bill and say, look, there's an air conditioner here that will save you 20%. There's a Nest thermostat that will save you another 10%. All those micro solutions need data. So you can say to a consumer, what's in it for me? (laughs) And that last question is the, and the answer has been missing from the entire clean tech consumer experience because the data has to come first. And so without that data, you're kind of selling and guessing. And now we can change that into, this is what's in it for you. And we can track it and show it. And that means the other guy down the street will get a chance to see that too, if you share it with them and then they will adopt. So it increases that flywheel. Data first, data first. Data first, absolutely. And so when you think about how this impacts the everyday consumer, If you're able to reduce their utility bills by 20%, what else can they do with that? That's the question we're we're wanting to empower consumers with that ability. Because we here at Glenn, that's what we believe uh, as far as sustainability is to be sustainable and living a full life. And that having that 20% extra income, $60 to $100 extra into your monthly budget sometimes could be a a lifesaver to that consumer. It could be a, an opportunity to invest in, in new business opportunities too. So these are things that what we are thinking about that we start to look at democratizing a lot of this utility, consumption, emissions, down back to the individual consumers so that they can impact and live a fuller, more richer life. That's what our, our ultimate goal is. And, and the first thing that people can look at, it's going to be way more than 20% is electric vehicles. Yep. So gasoline, we know how many you know dollars per gallon that takes us. And you know, electricity is down there at you know 12 and 25 cents. And when you have solar on your roof and that's powering your EV, it can be seven, eight cents a mile. You know, that means that the average American household, which has like over two cars, that's like over two thousand bucks a year that you just put after tax into your pocket. But, you know, it's all talk until we say what's in it for me, show it to me. So this is where Glenn's ability to take all this disparate data and turn it into clean, simple, and literally spreadsheets makes all the difference. This is so inspiring and it's digestible. And I'm telling you right now, this is really cool. So if you are, okay, let's say you're in an organization Mm -hmm. and we get the Glenn story, we're, we're catching it. How do we get a handle as an organization of our own carbon footprint then? So a business would, you know, let's say I'm just making this up, but let's say you're Staples and you're a chain store across the US and you might have 400 stores. You're in probably 400 water districts because every water district is typically a city. And you're probably in at least 45 to 50 electricity uh, utilities and another, you know, 35 to 40 natural gas utilities. So somewhere in the larger organization of my fictitious Staples, are the utility bills. And if they're not there, that means maybe the local manager at each store is paying the bill and it's part of his or her P&L every month. So one of the things that Glint's really good at is going to where the bills are. Are they in a corporate database? Are they out there in the field? 
do you need so- someone like Glint to automatically log into the utilities and go get them for you? So you can forward bills, you can take photos of bills, you can do anything you want, but that's what we're trying to solve, which is to make that endpoint really, really easy. And I call this the night clerk problem because someone called us up and said, hey, I've got 1700 and they named a name brand hotel chain. They said, and I want my night clerks to send bills to Glint. How do we make that happen? And that's such a great question because it shows everybody, it's a team sport here to get the bills into this automated system. Everybody needs to have the solution that works for them. So, okay, how do consumers fit into this new sustainability business model then? Because that sounds great for a business organization perspective. Now, what's in it for me as a consumer? It's been really tough to get consumers to pay attention to their utility bills. And we, you know, Glint has worked with all the major solar companies. And we know that even with the promise of fantastic, great looking solar on your roof, not that many consumers want to deal with this whole utility bill problem. So we needed to change the game. We needed to make that action, which is a tiny bit of effort from the consumer, way, way, way more valuable. And so we're going to be launching, and I'll talk about this on a future podcast. We are launching a program where we can take your utility bills and we can use them to boost your credit score. So anybody in the FICO 580 to 700 range will see a 10, 20, 30 point boost on their FICO score. And in particular, on the FICO score that moves the needle on your mortgage. So that's a very particular FICO. And I would love to talk about the details of that on one of the upcoming um, podcasts. Oh, that's absolutely exciting. So it's almost, this is a perfect segue. So what is next for Glint? Because this is life-changing, especially when it comes to like the FICA score, for example. So we're going to be doing a couple of things. We're going to be enabling people with data, both business professionals that want to get that for their companies and homeowners and renters as well. So consumers. And then how do you reduce? Because we've talked a lot about the importance of data But what we're seeing, like uh, hotel chains, if you don't know emissions by night, by guest room, you're not going to get the corporate bookings because the corporations need to take that little emissions data and put it on their emissions report and their annual report. So we see these sort of social circles and continuing effects that say baselines today and reductions in the future. So we're going to Glint, we're going to be talking about on future podcasts. Well, how do those reduction solution people use this data? And then we'll be talking about some of the things Chin has mentioned, which is how does that data get connected to cheaper loans, access to loans, and higher stock returns? Yeah. And then we'll be talking about what consumers do with it and how their con- communities can take this and roll it up a little bit. Absolutely. So this is actually taking advantage of a forecast by leading hedge funds. By 2025, there's going to be available $50 trillion of capital investments into the ESG market. So this is a very large number that the consumer can take advantage of, as well as the commercial uh, clients can take advantage of. So in the next few podcasts, this is one of the ways where you can leverage the things that Glints are doing is to get access to that $50 trillion. Currently right now, the forecast for 2021 is $35 trillion. So it's a lot of money out there. We're going to help customers get access to it. At the same time, we also want to build a better future. And just to make $5 trillion a real number for all of us, that's about three months and one week of GDP in the U.S., I mean, that's like our whole economy for all those months needing to report emissions data. 
So it makes me, yeah. So it makes me think like, you know, how many days you have to work till you pay off your taxes? I mean, how many days in, in, are we going to say in our our US GDP do we have to get through the year? But with Chin's numbers, that 50 trillion is actually bigger than one year of US GDP. Well, this is absolutely incredible. And this is rather heady for uh, a kickoff conversation because when you're looking at carbon emission and data and how it all fits and combines together, I mean, clearly there's going to be a lot of folks interested in learning more about Glint. Martha, Chin, where do people go to learn more? Take a look at our website, glint.ai. Email us at info at glint.ai. We're happy to chat with folks. Absolutely. Thank you for joining the Glint View. We're joined by Martha Amram, CEO, and Chin Mua, CRO. Thank you for listening to the Glint View. Don't forget to like this podcast and subscribe. See you at the next episode.